Hi, everybody. I do not have a name for this podcast. I, and I'm not going to start all over from the beginning, no matter what. But I have put this off for so long. And I've known I was supposed to do it for so long. For months now. And I it's taken different fonts and different manners. But everything has led me right here which I truly believe is where I need to be I know I have a gift I have I wouldn't even call it wisdom but when I read the Bible I get interpretations and those interpretations are just too good to be left to me alone which is why I made this podcast I have no idea what I'm gonna name it I have no idea what I'm going to say, but I spoke to the Holy Spirit and I told him, I refuse to do this alone. I refuse to come here and speak my own thoughts because I've spoken with my thoughts before and I I say the stupidest things. But when I speak with the Holy Spirit, people are like, wow. And when I do it, it's like, it's not me speaking. It just comes out and I realize that that's that's kind of good that's good that's awesome and that's what the Holy Spirit does you know that's how he works so that's honestly just why I'm here I just want to be used by the Spirit and led by the Spirit so I'm just gonna start with a quick prayer I'm gonna have a prayer at the beginning of every single session just to let the Holy Spirit take control and for this to reach whoever it was intended to reach Oh, Holy Ghost, I invite you here. I ask you to take over my heart, take over my soul, take over my head, and take over my lips. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill me with your word. Let me say what it is you intend for me to say. I speak not of my own accord, but of yours. And I really pray that whoever hears this podcast shall be changed. May you soften the hearts of everyone this comes across. May you lead this to the people who need it. Because there are times I've seen videos that I needed. So Holy Spirit, let this go to the right people. Fill me with wisdom. Fill me with understanding. Fill me with knowledge. Fill the people on the other side listening to this or watching this with knowledge, with peace, with freedom from whatever they're struggling with. Because Holy Spirit, in you, there can be nothing but peace. There can be no anxiety, no fear. I ask you to take that away from everybody that will ever come in contact with this. In Jesus' holy name, I have prayed. Prayed, Amen. So before I started this, I was thinking and I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, what am I going to talk about? I want to do this with you. And something that came to mind was what I read. I think it was last week because I just finished reading the book of Luke. And it was Luke 22, which is about the plot against Jesus and how Judas betrayed Christ. And I knew Judas betrayed Christ since I was a kid. I've I've heard it every Easter celebration. I've heard it more than half. I've heard it so much. I know Judas betrayed Christ. It's not new news. So I was reading the book of Luke last week and I got to Luke 22 verse 3. And it says, then Satan entered Judas. And we know Judas then proceeded to betray Christ. 
And I remember thinking in that moment, when I read that first one, I was like, then Satan entered Judas. And I was like, why? Like, this is somebody who followed Jesus. This is somebody who was physically with Jesus. But Satan was still able to enter him and proceed to use him. It's not like he entered him and Judas fought it and Satan left. Satan proceeded to use Judas. And I was like, why? It, it makes no sense to me. When you think about it, we pray every day for God to be with us. And he is with us. But this person was physically with Christ. And Satan was still able to use him. And then I went to the book of Matthew. And it says there, I think, either in Matthew or further in Luke. Can't remember. But in one of the gospels, it says how God gave Satan permission to test the disciples. Yeah, and that's why Jesus told them to pray. So that they would not fall into temptation. Because Satan had been given the power to test them, basically. Yes, okay. I'm finding my, my thoughts. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so Satan had the power to test them. Like he went to Christ. He was like, let me test these people. These people are with you day and night. You're about to die. What's the worst that can happen? Give me the power to test them. And Jesus was like, okay. Oh God, sorry. Because Jesus was here with us. And God was like, okay, test them. And Matthew, we knew Simon Peter. Peter denied Christ. Sorry, no Matthew. Peter denied Christ three times. We know that. But Judas betrayed Christ. And I remember reading in the book of Matthew. And it talks about how Judas betrayed Christ for money. It was money, right? And it led me to thinking, if Judas loved Christ a thousand times more than he loved money, no amount of money would incentivize him to betray Jesus. Do you see what I'm getting to? It's like, yeah, we all need money. We all want money. Oh, I say the majority of people. We need it to survive. So we all need money, yeah. But we need Christ first. You can't put Christ and money in the same circle. It just doesn't work that way. Christ has to be above and everything. It has to be Christ, 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 then everything else. Because if you put Christ and then you put money and there's a close relation, you could mix one with the other and i think that's what happened to judas satan was like how do i tempt these people if the thing i love the most if for example my favorite chocolate is skittles and you bring me a kit kat and i and i i could eat a kit kat but i don't care if i don't eat a kit kat and you're telling me take this kit kat and give me your skittles i wouldn't it makes why would i do that i don't want your kit kat I'm content with my Skittles. If you want to give me the Kit Kat, fine. But I won't trade you my Kit Kat, my Skittles for a Kit Kat. And that's exactly how it was. Judas liked money. We all, me, personally, I like to have money. I went to the mall and there was this beautiful gown and I didn't buy it because I didn't have the money for it. And if I had the money, I would have bought it. I like to have money. But I won't put it above Christ. None of us should ever put it above Christ. And I think that's what Judas did. It may not have been above Christ because he was obviously close to Christ. He followed him 
almost going on three years, correct? Because Jesus worked for three years. But it was relatively close. And that's when he said you can have no other gods but me. That is what he's insinuating. Gods don't just mean where you go and you bow down to. It's everything else. Even something you put so close to Christ. It could be money, friendships, relationships. That boy or that girl. It could be it could be your parents. It could be anything or anybody that you put so close to Christ. The devil can use that to take over. It's so easy. And I think so many of us experience this in our day-to-day lives. We tend to put Christ at the background. He's not a background character. He's the he's the main G. <laughs> Sound like a youth pastor. He's the main guy. And everything else revolves around him. Okay? So when you put anything above Christ, the devil can use that to take over. If I prioritize my grades over Christ, the devil can be like, yo, I'm not I'm not saying nothing. But if you snuck in and you stole the answers, I'm just saying you would you would pass. Like I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you if you did it you would pass. He's probably not lying. If I did it, I probably would pass if I got away with it. But what are the odds I'm going to get away with it? Why can't I trust Christ fully to fend for my every need, including my grades? Because if I had 100% trust in Christ, I wouldn't need to steal the answers to pass a test. If I did fail the test, I would be content knowing that I did I did, I put in the work, I put in the hours, I read for it, I prayed for it. But if I failed it, then it wasn't the plan. And be content with it. Be content with it. If you have $70 in your bank account, and you're supposed to pay rent in three days, be content with it. You will pay the rent. I'm telling you, mark my words, give it to Christ, you will pay the rent. If you don't pay the rent and you get evicted, I promise you, you will not live under the bridge. You won't. And I've never had a situation with Christ where I did what he wanted me to do and I was disappointed. Not once. If something didn't go the way I wanted it, good and fine. The next thing is going to be even better. And it's so much easier said than done. And this is a problem I have because... As somebody who, I, I love the Holy Spirit. I love to talk to the Holy Spirit. And my relationship with him started more recently. So I'm just getting used to my gifts here and there, whatever it is. And I realize I have this divine words. Yeah. And I tell people and they're like, hmm. And then something happens to me and I know I already have the answers. So there's little to no room for a mistake. It's like. You get the advice before the situation comes up. What are you going to say? If you mess up, what are you going to say? That you didn't have the advice? You have the advice. And that makes it 10 times harder because it's so much easier said than done. But do it anyways. You got that beautiful job. And deep down, it may not have been engulfing you. Sometimes it's just the smallest sensation. It's like something tells you in your head. If it's not from God, take it away. And that happened to me actually. I got this beautiful job and I didn't even apply for it. I just got it. 
and the hours were good the money was good i was like thank you i danced on the streets that day i was like thank you god i needed this i trusted in you and i got this job and then i was going i was going to bible study from there so i was in the uber and something just came to mind it was like if this is not from god take it away and i was like no it's obviously from god like i didn't apply for it but i got it anyways it's obviously from god like they say if it's from god it's gonna be easy right yeah so it's obviously from god but i still said if it's not from you take it away and me saying that i struggled with it because i was like i like this job i don't i don't want you to take it away like i know if it's not from you deep down i do want you to take it away but i i don't want you to take it away and that is such a struggle with me personally i can't talk for anybody else because i'm i don't know what anybody else goes through but i want to serve christ with my innermost heart and i'm like oh lord if this is not from you take it away but i don't want it to go and he took that job away i got fired on my second day and it's not like anything happened they just texted me and they were like oh we need somebody with more experience i did the job well i did everything well and on my second day that was the day i got fired i was talking to my boss and i found out that she's christian and we were talking and talking and we got like we got so acquainted like we were it was all good and then i got fired and i didn't want to tell anybody because i already told people that i had the job and that was where my pride came in i told people i had the job i told some people how much i even was gonna make and that was another lesson i learned from that the holy spirit told me why are you telling people like now you have to untell people and yeah your pride is gonna go down a little but like why did you tell people in the first place and that's even where i got the uh keep it in like everybody says hide your plans but it's so hard especially when it's so good i told so many people and when i got laid off i was like dang i'm gonna have to tell people i don't have a job anymore or people are gonna find out i don't have a job anymore and when that happened i was sad like for like a good five hours or like a day I was sad. I was like, Lord, you gave me this job. Why would you take it away from me? Like, I know I said, if it's not from you, take it away. And you took it away. Like, I didn't really think you was going to take it away. <laughs> and I got the news and I looked at it and I was at my other job. But that was my last day at that job. That's why I needed a new job. And I remember thinking, dang, I have no job. I got rent to pay. And this was just last month. So I had money for my for this month's rent. So I paid this month's rent. Now I'm in this month. And I was like, I don't have money for next month's rent. And I was like, but God, I have full trust in you. And when I tell you, he stripped me away of everything I held dear. I used to hold money to a high standard. It's not the best thing, but I didn't grow up. In the richest family my family didn't have money falling down the trees i said the trees <laughs> didn't have money growing on trees so i didn't have i was we were comfortable we had three square meals a day i went to an amazing school pretty expensive but like we didn't travel abroad on vacation we didn't 
if I wanted something in the store, sometimes my parents would get it from me. Sometimes they were like, leave it. Like, if I had the money, so I would, but I don't have the money, so just leave it for now. So, you know, I didn't get everything I wanted. So when I, when I started living on my own and I started working on making my own money, I was like, I can get whatever I want. I want more of this. I want, I want so much money that I don't know what to do with it. I just want to be swimming in money. And that was my mentality for so many years. And then I began my relationship with Christ. And that was still my mentality. I was like, I want to marry a rich guy. Maybe be a housewife. Maybe do this. Maybe do that. And God was like, I got you. And he stripped me of everything I held dear. When I tell you, I had no money. And like, I, I wasn't starving. I have, I lived, and this is the crazy part. I live in a beautiful apartment. I can go anywhere I want to go. I can eat three square meals a day, but I physically didn't have money. And now I'm saying it, it's so crazy because I want to buy other stuff, but I don't have the money to, but I could eat and be content. And now I'm saying it, it makes no sense because I've never actually said it out loud before, but I didn't have money I wanted. I had money I needed. I had what I needed. The Lord will give you what you need. He may not give you what you want, but he will give you what you need because he's your provider. And if he gives you everything you need, and honestly, if I had a lot of money three months ago, I wouldn't be sitting here making this podcast. I would not. I, I am like 90% sure. I would not be sitting here. If I had all the money I I wanted yesterday, I would not be sitting here making this podcast. <sighs> He's not going to give you what you want. No, what you want is relevant to you. It's slightly irrelevant to him. Because it's like he wrote your book. He sat beginning of time. He said, let there be light, and you came into mind. And my God, my God is thorough. He has written my book. He's gone back to it so many times. He's read every single line. He knows every single thing that's going to happen. He factored in my stupidity into that book and that's something i it took me so long to realize i do something and i'm like oh my goodness i made a big mistake i've deviated from the plan but it's like what are you talking about what plan i i made the plan i i know i know you are gonna do that i know when i tell you to do something you don't do it and i already factored that in it's okay i got you he got you what do you have to worry about like oh he sat down, he wrote your life story. He wrote your love story. He wrote your money story. He wrote your parents' story. He wrote your kids' story in your book. And he's gone through it so many times. And when you're in the midst of the hardest things you could ever possibly be in, just know the war has been fought and it has been won. 
excuse me, it has been fought and it has been won. There is nothing you are going to go through that he hasn't accounted for. And I remember the Holy Spirit giving me this, uh, I wouldn't really call it a vision. It was like a scenario, a scenario, basically. And he was like, if you see a country that's at war, yeah, you're on the mountaintop. You look down and you see this country is burning and somebody comes up and they tell you, and they tell you, oh, the war is over, but like places are still burning. Like somebody has won already, but like the place is still on fire, but you could go through it safely. And you have the tour guide, he's holding your hand and he's like, let's go. If I saw that, I wouldn't want to go into that. It's burning. You could trip on a stone, hit your head and die. The rocks are turned. Everybody's running. The place is on fire. Sometimes you could even hear the gunshots. It was a country at war. And that's how the world is. That's how our life is. Everybody's at war. The world is at war. You are at war. Sometimes I think I'm like, bro, I just, sometimes I just want to be left alone. Everybody's fighting for my soul. The devil, God, like I want God to win. But like sometimes it's like, I just need a break, you know. But every everything is at war. We're always, always going to be at war. Until you die and you go to heaven, you're, you're going to be at war. So in the scenario, it was like this. I was there and I was holding this tour guide. It was He kind of looks like Indiana Jones. <laughs> With the shorts and the hat and the shirt, he gets the scenario. So he had, I can't remember if he had a backpack, but just picture Indiana Jones holding my hand. And he was like, as long as you stick to me, we will get through to the other side. Because we were at the beginning of the country and we just had to get to the other side to continue on our journey. And there's this country in between that's at war. The country could even be at war. The country is at war. There's fires burning. There are people being shot. There are people being stampeded upon. But he's like, I just need you to hold on to me. I will get you through it. So we start on the journey, basically. And five minutes in, I step on hot, burning coal. And my feet are burned. And I'm like, nah. No. No. A year ago, me, I would have been like, I am not doing this. What the? the what? And basically, the Holy Spirit was like, some people at that point, they will go back. They will they will leave everything, leave the guy, and they will just go back to where they were coming from. And they're just going to stay on the mountain and they're not going to do anything. But the, the, the tour guide is like, it's cold. Yeah, it burns. It's going to, like, you will be healed. You won't die. Just stick to me. Everything will be okay. And the tour guide is God. His Jesus. If he tells you to duck, duck. There could be gunshots going right over your head. And that's why you need your tour guide. You cannot let go of your tour guide. Because if I was working alone in that country, somebody would shoot me dead. I would, I, I would probably die of starvation. I would just hide behind a rock and die. But you need your tour guide. You need Jesus. You need to hold, hold on to him so tight. Hold on to his shirt. That if he tries to run, it's going to tear. Hold on to your tour guide. And we were going. And I stabbed my foot against the stone. We kept on going. 
And as long as I followed his instructions, I got to the end of the road. And that's what God said. He said the war has been fought and it has been won. You have already gone through this period of your life so many times in his head. But he's like, now you have physically arrived at it. I just need you to hold my hand and I will lead you through it. And that's the, it's hard. It's so much easier said than done. As I'm happy to say it. I've done it so many times, but it feels so good to say it because it's so much easier said. You just got to hold on to him and he will lead you through it. No matter what it is you're going through. Because life sucks. Let's, let's just say it straight. Life sucks. I don't want to be in school, but I'm in school because I have to be in school. I don't want to do a lot of things that I'm doing. But you got to do it anyway. Life sucks. So why on earth would you go through a war zone by yourself? Where you can have your tour guide. Somebody who knows the place in and out. Somebody who has passed through that road so many times. He has led so many people through that road. And now he's telling you, it's your turn. Hold on to me. And you're like, no? What is that? Like, let's actually think about it. Because it's so much easy to say, so much easy. It's so much easier to be like, no, I don't hear the voice of God. Jesus, this, Jesus, that. But let's bring it down to earth. You have a tour guide who has led people through the war zone. His job is to lead people through the war zone. He has led countless of people. And it's your turn. And for some reason, you think that you're going to die. You think that you're going to fail? He doesn't have a track record of failing. So why do you think because it's your turn, you're suddenly going to fail? That's not the spirit of the Lord. Sis, you need to pray against that. Because you will never fail as long as you're holding on to the Lord. And bet me, even when it feels like you're failing and you feel like everything is going downhill, your blessing could be the very next day. Your blessing could be the very next hour. You cannot let go of your tour guide. You cannot let go of God. It is impossible to live without him. You're going to hold yourself in a corner and you're just going to stay there. And you're going to wither away without Christ. It's so easy so easy to wither away it's so easy to lose focus of what's important and that's what judas did he lost focus of what was important he he prioritized money over christ and you know when the devil tempts you it's such a stupid thing like he's such a small innate thing that when you're done being tested you're like what do you think you're doing because Judas was with Jesus the whole time. And he sold Jesus for what? Was it 30 pieces of silver? I think. Something in that vicinity. And it's like, if he had gone up to Jesus and be like, Rabbi, I need 30 pieces of silver. Jesus could have given it to him if he needed it. But if he just wanted it to keep it, Jesus would have been like, why do you, what do you want to use it for? Why do you need 30 pieces of silver? Maybe he just wanted it. Maybe he knew if he asked Jesus, Jesus wouldn't give it to him. So that's why he betrayed Jesus instead for it. 
But if he absolutely needed that money and he went to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I need 30 pieces of silver. Do you really think Jesus would have said no, even on his dying breath? Do you think Jesus would have said no? He wouldn't. So if you're not getting something, it's because you don't need it. You don't need it. You're called for something so much greater. And God God said every good thing comes from him. He will still give you what you want. But if at that point in time, it's not necessarily needed for you, or if it's going to come directly in between what he has for you, he's not going to give it to you. He absolutely will not. It may not harm you. It may harm somebody else. If I walked up to my parents when I was eight years old and I was like, I want a knife. I want, and I told them like, I would keep it safe. I wouldn't cut myself. They could believe me. And they're like, I know you won't cut yourself, but you're going to cut somebody else. You're going to harm somebody else. And that's why some people don't have money. Because when you get money, even if you don't harm yourself, you're probably going to harm somebody else. That's why so many of us don't have what we want. Because even if it may not bring harm to you, somewhere, somehow, it may bring harm to somebody else. It may fluctuate somebody else's life. Because it's it's one big constellation of people just joined endlessly. And you're not just living for yourself. Yeah, you're living for Christ, but you're also living for the next person beside you. You have so much to do but you're focused on something so tiny that it has very little to do with anything if it was the 31st of the month and i didn't have the money to pay rent i don't have the money to pay rent i can't and i remember being in a situation like that and i told the lord i need this like i told him i need this amount of money i i need it if I don't get it, I can't get something I need. Like, I just said, need, need, need. I didn't even say want. I was like, I need this to get this. Because I've not had this for so long. And I know you want the best for me. And I'm telling you, I was telling Jesus what was best for me. I was like, I'm telling you that I need this. And I remember after I calmed down, I was like, Lord, I need this. And he said, but you don't have it. If you don't have it, it's because you don't need it. And that struck me. I was like, he was like, if you needed it, you would have it. If it was in the plan, you would have it. If you don't have it, it's because it's not in the plan. And our purpose as Christians is to align ourselves to the plan of the Lord. That's why we pray. We don't pray to get stuff. When you were a kid and your dad came home with a toy car, or with a pretty dress. You may not have asked for it the morning of that day. But he got it anyways. Because he thought you would, it, would make, it would make you happy. It would look good on you. And that's what Jesus does. He gives you things. But if he's not giving you something that you're asking for. It's because you don't need it. It's not needed at that point in time. Need and want. Different things. You may want what's not good for you. You may want what's not good for your sibling. You may want what's not good for your family. What you want may bring you destruction, but you want it anyways, because we're humans. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds. We live in suspense. 
you don't know what's going to happen. But the Lord who sees everything knows what's going to happen. And he's telling you, you don't need it. So why are you fighting for it so much? If it's in the plan, it will come to you. And I remember I started telling myself this like last week, so fresh. I was like, what is mine will come to me. Because you don't have to go out looking for something. As a child of God, nah. You don't have to go out looking for anything. All you have to do is be in alignment with Christ and it will come. I'm not saying that you're going to lay in bed all day. I did not say that. Laziness, don't promote it. But if you're stressing about something because you think you need it and it's not coming, it's because you don't need it. You don't need it. If you need so, so, so amount of money to get this because you need the thing, then you don't need the thing. If you need money for something and you don't have the money for it, you, and you've prayed about it and you're not getting the money, you don't need the thing. If you're in love with this boy and you're telling God, this is my husband, I know it, I need him, and he's not forthcoming, he's not your man. Move on, let it go. Let it go. Like I said, so much easier said than done. Well, you got to let it go and you got to focus on the things of Christ. Because it's so easy to lose focus. Judas lost focus. That was his only, I mean like that, that, that wasn't his only crime because he betrayed Christ. That's a pretty, pretty big crime. But his primary crime, the beginning of it all, is that he lost focus. He thought. He needed something. Because why else would you betray Jesus for money? Because you need the money. Right? Maybe maybe his mom needed treatment. Maybe his sister-in-law was starving. Or maybe they just wanted more money on the table. And he was like, this is the only way to get it. And honestly, I don't know because I wasn't there. But I think... If he absolutely needed it and he went to Jesus and he said, I need this. And Jesus saw he needed it. Jesus would give it to him. Because God doesn't hold any good thing that we need from us. If you think you need it and it's not coming and you've prayed about it and you've worked for it, then you don't need it. Don't. If you're going on date after date after date after date and you are physically tired and you're emotionally drained but you're still going because you think you need it to find your husband then you don't need it you don't you don't i remember wanting a relationship so badly and oh my goodness this is the first two months of me starting my relationship deep with christ i've always been a christian but my relationship with Christ started pretty within the last one year. And so it's within the first two months. And I remember telling him, I'm ready. I'm ready for a relationship. Like, I know you better now. I, I could do this. I just need a good man of God. And I was like, why wouldn't you give me a relationship? And he was like, if I give you the relationship I have in store for you, the one I've gone over so many times, the person I have handcrafted, that will love you, that will meet 
your expectations and go beyond and above for me and for you because i come with christ and my husband is going to come with christ and together we will love christ together if i give you all that right now you are going to throw it away and that hit me that hit me to my soul i was like are you saying i'm not ready and he was like yeah like and then i sat down and i thought about it and i was like i'm not ready me this was what like eight months ago me eight months ago was not ready for a relationship and me eight months ago was dying for a relationship because i needed a relationship i needed to love somebody with christ i needed to love christ with somebody i needed the companionship but i didn't heck i didn't even want it but i thought i wanted it and that's how we live our lives we want things that we think we want but we don't really want we don't want it. And I don't want to get into relationships now because that's just going to be an entirely different episode. But the whole point of this is it's Christ, 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 and everything else. Lean solely on Christ and he will provide everything else. He will go beyond and above your expectations. And my mom used to tell me that she said, whatever you plan in your head, it's like, because I pray and then I fantasize about how God's going to answer my prayers. And my mom told me not to do that. She was like, do you really think you can comprehend how the God who created the entire galaxy and put everything in its place will answer your question, your prayers the way you think he would? Like, even the Bible says, the greatest of humans' wisdom is stupidity to Christ. So do you really... Do you really think he would take advice from you? Like, let's face it. So whenever I think of how he's going to answer my prayers, he goes beyond. I can't even say beyond my expectations because my expectations were the bare minimum. I have never been so amazed at the way he answers prayers. It's like, what do you mean you think of me that much? What do you mean? Everything in my life is a testimony. From the air I breathe to the clothes I wear. Everything is a testimony. And it's easier said than done. I've said that so many times. But take Christ in your hands. Get your Holy Spirit and never let them go. Because you need them. You need them so badly. I gotta make sure my microphone is working. But you need them. And I really do pray for everybody listening to this that as you go about your daily activities, you remember to put God first. Because on half of the Christians on Instagram, on our bios, it's God first. But do you really put God first? Do you? Put Him first. Seek first the kingdom. And everything else will be added unto you. He was not joking. He was not kidding. When you seek God, when you seek God, not just praying before you go to bed, not just praying when you wake up, not just trying to read your Bible, when you actively seek, you're looking for somebody. You're searching high and low for somebody. That's how you seek somebody. Every aspect of your being 
wants to be with that person. That's how you seek somebody. And when you seek him, oh my goodness, everything else comes in place. And even when you think nothing is coming in place, that is it coming in place. Because before you came to him and you said, oh Lord, take control, everything was in a mess. You use your own hands to scatter your life. So you're telling him to take control. He's going to put it together piece by piece. And you may not like the outcome of some of it, but the final outcome, bliss, just bliss. And I'm not talking about having a lot of money or having kids or having a family. I'm just talking about inward bliss, even outward bliss. Because the Lord blesses people. Like this whole podcast episode has been about him giving you what you need and not what you want. But he also sometimes he gives you what you want if he knows that you're ready for it. Because he's not going to give you what you can't handle. Even people think that's just in bad things, but in good things too. Because a lot of good things, a lot of people can't handle it. So just take it step by step. Put nothing above him. Don't put money above him. Don't put school above him. Don't put any relationship, any friendship above him. Don't put any Netflix series above. Like, come on. Don't don't do that. Just love your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. Read your Bible. Read your Bibles. Mm. Like, everything changed when I started reading my Bible. Read it every day. Even when you don't feel like reading it. Read it. Discipline yourself to read it. And talk to your Jesus. I'm going to get relationships, prayer. It's going to be a whole different episode. But take your Jesus and don't let him go. Don't let go of your tour guide. Don't let him go. Because even when you let go of him and you go on your way, your tour guide is still going to be looking for you. Left, right, center. And even if he finds you, and you're like, I want nothing to do with you. And you keep going. He still doesn't leave you. He still follows you. And when you're ready to turn back and look at him and be like, please take my hand. Take my arms. I cannot get through this on my own. He's right there. All you got to do is take his hand. Take his arms. And let him lead you through it. Why, why do you want to do all the hard work? Why though? I don't, I don't really like working hard. I don't see why anyone else would want to do it. So give it to Christ. As I end this episode, this I have come to the end of this episode. And I'm so glad because this just feels like the Holy Spirit moved. And I'm really happy about that. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Because I don't know when you're listening to this. Whether you're watching this. But... As you go out by your daily activities, maybe you're lying on your bed, maybe you're about to go to sleep. I ask the Lord to go with you. I ask the God of the heavens and the earth to come upon everybody listening to this podcast. Oh God, oh God, let us reach who you intended it to reach. Let us reach the people who you intended this to get to. Oh Lord, you have given us a spirit of peace of understanding, of wisdom, of knowledge, not of fear and anxiety. You have not given us fear and anxiety. 
in the bible it says do not be afraid 365 times for every day of the year oh lord whatever it is we think we need oh lord rip it away from us take the need for that away from our hearts because we don't need it if you haven't given it to us we don't need it if it's gonna come tomorrow then we don't need it today oh lord we just ask that you take control of our lives we ask that you bless our footsteps. We ask that you bless the works of our hands. We pray, O oh Lord, that everything we lay our hands on may prosper. May we be a blessing to everybody around us. When people look at us, let them not see us. Let them see the Holy Spirit in us, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, we ask for protection. We ask for guidance. We ask for self-control. And we ask for the discernment to make good decisions in our day-to-day -day lives. And the people we keep, the company we keep, the people we tell our secrets. Oh God, please be with us. Abide in us. Oh Holy Spirit, bless us with your gifts. Continue to keep us, guide us, guide our families, guide our houses. Protect us, wash us with the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' holy name I have prayed. Amen. Thank you and good night.